Podcast dedicated to suspense, crime, and horror stories from the golden age of radio. I'm Eric. I'm Tim. I'm Joshua. We love mysterious old-time radio stories, but do they stand the test of time? That's what we're here to find out. October is Monster Month here on the Mysterious Old Radio Listening Society, and this week's monster is Edgar Allan Poe. Okay, he's not a monster, but many of his tales of mystery and the macabre were adapted by Universal Studios for their classic monster movies of the 30s and 40s, including Murders at Rue Morgue, The Black Cat, and The Raven. For this week's episode, I chose The Telltale Heart from Inner Sanctum. Inner Sanctum was created by Hyman Brown, one of major figures in American broadcasting history. Brown's career in radio spanned eight decades and a diverse range of genres, from his adaptation of comic strip hero Dick Tracy to his 1970s revival of horror radio, the CBS Radio Mystery Theater. Along the way, he helped many young talents break into radio, including actress Agnes Moorhead and writer Irwin Shaw. But Hyman Brown is best remembered for Inner Sanctum. The program ran on NBC from January 1941 to October 1952 and featured one of radio's most famous openings, an organ sting followed by a rattling doorknob, then the agonizingly slow opening of the world's creakiest door. According to a 1973 interview in the Pittsburgh Post, Hyman Brown copyrighted that creaking door sound. Always the showman, Brown bragged to the paper, I took that creak and made it a star. I bought several Picassos with that creak. Inner Sanctum was not the first or the last radio show to adapt the Telltale Heart. Versions of the story appear throughout the history of dramatized radio, including The Weird Circle, Hall of Fantasy, Mystery in the Air, CBS Radio Mystery Theater, and Nightfall. Although the titular Heart provided Foley artists an obvious gimme, the story itself presented a challenge it's far too short for a 30-minute broadcast. Of all the adaptations I've heard, Inner Sanctum, not surprisingly, takes the boldest liberties with the story. And if that wasn't enough of a hook, it also stars Boris Karloff. We'll shut up now and let you listen to The Telltale Heart from Inner Sanctum, originally broadcast August 3rd, 1941. It's late at night, and a chill has set in. You're alone, and the only light you see is coming from an antique radio. Listen to the sounds coming from the speaker. Listen to the music. And listen to the voices. Boris Karloff on Inner Sanctum Mystery. Brought to you by the makers of Carter's Pills. Welcome you once more to the Inner Sanctum. This is Raymond, your host. Come in, won't you, and sit down? No, no, I'm not being polite. I'd prefer you to sit, you see. Because within the next five minutes, you're going to be so weak in the knees that you won't be able to stand. <laughs> Inner Sanctum Mysteries again has the pleasure of bringing you the famous star of radio, screen, and stage... Now featured in the current Broadway success, Arsenic and Old Lace, Boris Karloff. 
This evening, Mr. Karloff appears in Robert Newman's dramatization of Edgar Allan Poe's famous story, The Telltale Heart. Presented for your entertainment by the makers of Carter's Little Liver Pills, the best friend to your sunny disposition. based on a tale by the greatest master of the macabre that ever lived, Edgar Allan Poe. The story of a man who could hear not only every sound on earth, but uh, even things that don't exist. So, turn down the lights, call in a friend or neighbor to keep you company, and listen to Boris Karloff as Simon in a telltale heart. early evening. The sun is just setting behind a range of low hills. On top of the nearest hill is a huge rambling building surrounded by park-like grounds. A road winds from its gates down to the little village below. Down this road comes a man. He's tall, gaunt, his hair snow white. He's so busy with his thoughts that he doesn't see the small dark man who sits by the roadside. But just as he is about to pass him. Good evening. Huh? Oh, why, good evening. Nice evening, isn't it? Nice? Why, it's the most wonderful, perfect evening. I'll ever know this side of heaven. You don't say. And you can't know what it's like to feel as if you've just risen from the dead. As if your tomb was opened. And you were told that you could return to the world that you knew and loved. Can't I? You can't. You see, my name is Simon. I was a musician. Two years ago, I went stone deaf. Suddenly. Completely. Do you know what deafness means to a musician? It's like dying. Or worse, like dying and knowing that you're dead. Oh, I went to doctors, but they could do nothing for me. And But finally... One of them sent me to see the doctor who has the place up on the hill here. Dr. Adair? Yes, Dr. Adair. He kept me with him for six months, and now... Now I'm going home again. He cured you? You can hear? Hear? Listen. Listen hard and tell me what you can hear right now. Nothing very much. The wind? Cricket? <laughs> Cricket. And the wind. Do you know what I can hear? I can hear the grass growing. The sap rising in the trees. I can hear the stars moving in their courses. I can hear things that no man ever heard before. Now do you know why I said that this was the most wonderful evening that ever was? Yes, Simon. But I knew why before. You see, I just left the place up on the hill myself. You left there? You mean... When I was taken there, I was blind. Oh, your eyes, yes. I, I hadn't noticed before, but they are strange. Shall we walk on together? Simon? Uh, just where did you plan to go? Well, I've been thinking about that for weeks now. All the weeks when I couldn't leave my room... I must get used to being able to hear again, gradually. From my window, I could see an old mill, just this side of the village. Yes, it's, it's deep in the woods, deserted. 
There's moss on the water wheel. And the door hangs open by one hinge. You mean that, that you can see it from here? My eyes have become as good as your hearing. You thought of going there, living there? For a while. Until I was ready to return to the world. Oliver, why don't you come with me? Then when we are both ready, we can go back together to the world. Yes. I could do that. Think of what it's going to mean, how much we're going to be able to help people. You with your sight and I with my hearing. Help them? <laughs> yes. Yes, of course. All right, Simon. We'll go to your old mill. This way, Oliver. Up this path. What? Oh, Someone's Wazzy. coming. The farmer. He, he seems to be looking for something. Good evening. I'm looking for my cow. Have you seen her? Well, what kind of a cow is she? A brown and a white one with a crooked horn. Wait. I hear her. She's grazing in a field on the other side of the woods. Hear her? That's almost a mile from here. I have good ears. Good. You must have ears like a fox. What? That field, that's the squire's. How did she get there? You think someone took her? Who would? Well, it's the squire's land, but he's the richest man around here. Why should he have taken my cow? Wait a minute. Ah, let me see. Yes. Yes, I do see someone with your cow. He's just leaving her. You, you can see that? Right through the woods? I have good eyes. Who is it? What's he like? Is he tall, wearing a brown jacket? Yes. I knew it. It's the squire. He's trying to steal my cow. I'd better go get her. Thank you very much. Perhaps I'll see you both again. Perhaps. We'll both be staying around here for a while there in the old mill. Why did you tell him that, Oliver? Did you really see the squire taking his cow? I saw what he wanted me to see. What do you mean? He hates the squire because the squire's rich and he's poor. But, but what? Never mind, Simon. Shall we go on to the mill? Here we are. And it's just the way I knew it would be. Quiet, peaceful, no noises, just sound. And even those are dulled by the waterfall. Yes, it's just the way I knew it would be, too. Dark, dank. The home of the rats and spiders. We'd be happy living here with them. Happy with rats and spiders? Why? Because they're like me. Rats see in the dark. And spiders spin webs. I don't understand you, Oliver. Must you always see the worst, the most evil side of everything? Always. But why? Don't you love people? Don't you think that this is a good world? A good world when I was blind for more than two years? But whose fault was that? What difference does that make? I was blind. And did anyone care that I was? No. Love people? I hate them. But, Oliver, that's wrong. You've no right to hate anyone or anything. What's that? What? It sounds like wings, like... Yes, there it is, there. A swallow. Why, it's frightened, trying to get out. Why, it's beating itself against the wall and... Oh, poor thing, it's, it's hurt itself. Fallen to the ground. I'd better catch it. 
Is it badly hurt? No, I, I don't think so. Oh, just this one wing. Yeah, let's see. Perhaps we can uh, put a splint on it, heal it. Do you think so? Here. Here, Oliver. But be gentle. It's still terribly frightened. I will. I will. Oh, Oliver! What are you doing to doing, that bird? Doing blood, you... Why, you crushed the swallow, killed it. I so I have. You... You killed it deliberately. You think so? I told you we all have some badness deep inside us. Even you. Here you are ready to believe the worst of me, that I'd wantonly crush a, a harmless little sparrow to death and... Simon. What is it? I... I don't know, but there... There's something in your face. Something that wasn't there before. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm going up to bed. Simon! Simon, wait! It wasn't he that was blind. It was I, I. Why, well, he's bad. Evil, clean through. He's like one of the spiders he loves so much. Lurking here and spinning cunning webs to catch innocent people in. He saw in my face just now. There was something there. Something that wasn't there before. Death. Why did this have to happen to me? I was so happy just a little while ago. I loved everyone, the whole world. And now... Now I have to kill him. And here I am, friend. Raymond, your host in the inner sanctum. Who also loves everyone. So, Simon has decided he must murder his companion. Not because he wants to, but in order to keep him from spreading the hate and evil he seems to love. <laughs> That's a charming idea. But, if Oliver's eyes are as good as he says they are, good enough to see death in Simon's face, how will he be able to do it, hmm? Quite a problem, isn't it? Well, Raymond, everyone has problems. It's the answer that counts. It certainly does, Mr. Hurley, in a mystery drama. Yes, and in a domestic drama, too. If you don't believe it, listen to what Agnes Vale says to her husband at the dinner table. Oh, Bob, you haven't said a word about the cake, and I baked it especially for your birthday. After 30, no one wants to be reminded of birthdays. Oh, that's silly. Besides, a person's only as old as they feel. Well, if that was the case, I'd be about 60. You mean 90. No one could save up the grouch you've got in only 60 years. If you felt as irritable, low, and out of sorts as I have lately, you'd be grouchy, too. Of course I would. Anybody would. So the thing to do is not to feel that way. What can anyone do about it? Very simple, my dear. Try Carter's Little Liver Pills. Right. And when you don't feel good, try Carter's Little Liver Pills. They do the work of calomel but have no calomel in them. For they are simple pills made of vegetable drugs. They wake up the flow of one of our most vital digestive juices. When this vital juice flows at the rate of two pints a day, it helps to digest our food and bring back the glorious feeling that goes with regularity. Then most folks feel like happy days are here again. But be sure you get the genuine Carter's Little Liver Pill. Well, friends, are you sorry I advised you to sit down before? No, I thought not. You still want me to go on with the story of the Telltale Heart? Very well. It's a little later that same evening, 
And Simon is sitting in the upper story of the old deserted mill, waiting, listening. Sleep, Oliver, sleep. Aren't you ever going to sleep? Oh, I know you're lying down. I heard you getting undressed. I even heard the thread snap when you pull that button off your shirt. But you're not asleep yet. I can tell by your breathing, the way your heart's beating. And that's what I must wait for. The time when you're really asleep. When you close those hawk eyes that can see even in the dark. That could read murder in my face when I didn't know it was there myself. Wait a minute. There. Now you're asleep. And now... I must go. Easy with the door. Careful. And even more careful going down the stairs. Shh. Don't creak like that. I suppose he wakes. No, he can't. He won't wake up. He can't. And, and even if he does. Ah, here we are. Door to his room. How shall I do it? Those sacks he's using as a pillow. Shall I pull them out and held them over his face and smothered him? That's it, yes. And then I wouldn't have to touch him. I wouldn't. Who's there? Who's there? There is someone there. I can see you. It's Simon. Yes, it's Simon. What do you want? What are you doing here? I know you've come to kill me. Yes, Oliver. I've come to kill you. Philip, you can't do that. You can't just... Yes, Oliver, I can. And I have to. Oh, please don't struggle like that. I'm stronger than you are. You can't get away from me. You can't. You can't. That noise. Hear it? your heart, beating, pounding, driving the blood through your veins. Beating more slowly now, slower and fainter, running down like a tired clock. And I'm not going to let you go until it's stopped, so don't struggle. Don't struggle, please. Just a few seconds more. Uh, I can hardly hear it now. Just a faint, throbbing murmur. And now, even that's gone. Yes, it's it stopped. And you're dead. Oliver, listen. I didn't want to do it. I didn't, but I had to. You were only interested in hurting people. That's why I had to do it. And that's why I'm not going to give myself up or confess that I killed you. Because I can still help people. You understand, don't you? That's why I must get rid of your body. Hide it somewhere. Oh, what am I to do with you? I know. I'll keep you here. Tear up the floor and hide you underneath it. Uh, let's see now. This, this crowbar. And this one here. There. That should be big enough. And now, in you go. 
Goodbye, Oliver. Goodbye. Just put these boards back. Nail them down again with the same rusty nails. And, and it's done. Now I'll spread this dust over the cracks. No one will be able to tell what I've done. No, not even with your eyes. If you could still use them. What's that? A light. A lantern outside. Someone at the door. Maybe Christie's come back again. Yes? Who is it? It's Trent. The constable. The constable? What do you want? Oh, nothing much. Thought I'd drop in. Say hello. Come in, constable. Come right in. Thanks. Great time of night to be visiting, but I heard there were strangers living out here, and I thought I might... Why, of course, it's part of your job to investigate strangers, isn't uh-huh. it? Yeah, in a way. Not that you're a stranger, exactly. What do you mean? Well, you've been around here for some time, haven't you? Up at Dr. Dare's place in the hill, I mean. Oh, yes, yes, of course. I, I just left there this afternoon. Uh-huh. And your friend, where is he? Sleeping? Friend? Why, there's no one here with me. I'm all alone. The doctor said. You mind if I look around? No, of course not. I said I doubt your word or anything like that. Oh, no, don't apologize, Constable. Go right ahead. Well, Constable? There's certainly no sign of anyone else. Well, I told you so. Yes, you did. Now, I'll just sit down here for a minute. My pipe's going. No, no, not there. Don't sit there. Because, uh, well, it, it was just that the floor looked a little rotten right there, and and I was afraid that, oh, I, I guess it's all right. Sure. Strong enough to hold me, anyway. Don't stand there. I catch you. Good heavens. What's that? That's what? That, that throbbing, that noise. Beating away like I don't hear any noise. But you must, you... Ah, those ears of mine. Sometimes they're too good. It's it's just your watch ticking. Watch? I haven't got a watch on me. You... You haven't? But then what? Oh, look, Constable, I... I could use a bit of exercise. Suppose I walk you back to the village. Well, that's mighty nice of you. Glad to have your company. But there's no hurry, is there? Just let's sit here for a while. And... I don't want to sit. Constable, will you come now? Now, this minute, if you don't, I'll... I don't know what I'll do. Hey, you have gotten yourself into a state. Is anything the matter? Oh, no, no, of course not. It's... Oh, it's just that I get nervous, restless, and... You won't mind if I... If I walk up and down right here, will you? If it'll make you feel any better, go ahead. Thank you. This floor, it, it is noisy, isn't it? It isn't noisy enough. Constable, this... This lever here, I, I've been wondering about it. What's it for, do you know? Oh, yes. I think it opens the sluice, starts the mill wheel turning. It does, then. Then let's try it. See if it still works. There. Yeah, it still works all right. It's 
Got a racket, too. He's not loud enough. Yeah. Constable, by heaven's sake, will you come now and leave here with me? If you don't, I'll go back. Hey, look, look, there's no need to get so excited. I'm not excited. I'm perfectly calm and quiet. Will you come now, right away? But I told you. I know what you're doing. Sitting there, pretending you haven't heard, making me stay here and listen to it, beating louder and louder and louder. All right, I confess. I killed him. I killed him! And the body is right underneath you under the floor. I killed him! And that noise you hear is his heart. The beating of his telltale heart. Doctor Adair. Oh, Constable, hello. Well, did you find them? Yes, Doctor. I'm good. Some of my boys will be bringing the other one, Oliver, along in a little while. Bringing him? The matter with him? Well, sort of. They were in the old mill by the river. Simon had evidently tried to kill Oliver, but he hadn't done a good job of it. He nailed him up underneath the floor. And uh, when we got him out, he was unconscious. He's still pretty weak. I see, Ed. Bring Simon in, will you? Sure. All right, Simon. In here. Yes, Constable. Now, uh, turn him around so that he's facing me. That's it. Well, hello, Simon. Hello, Doctor. Simon, why did you run away from here this afternoon? Run away? I didn't run away. I left. What need was there for me to stay when I was cured? Oh, and uh, what you did, or rather tried to do, to Oliver? Ah, uh, that was wrong. I know it was wrong, but but I had to do it. He was bad, Doctor, bad. He hated everyone, wanted to hurt them, and I couldn't let him. You know, it's strange, Constable. Two men, both mental cases because of a sudden affliction. But... While Oliver's blindness made him hate, Simon's deafness filled him with love for all mankind. Deafness? You mean he's deaf? But, but, but when you talk to him, he answers you. Yes, he reads lips. That's why I had you turn him around, so he was facing me. But he's stone deaf. He will never hear again. What's that you'll say? Deaf? But I'm not deaf. Why, there's no one can hear better than I, no one. I heard everything when I left here. Things no man has ever heard before. The song of the swan. The breathing of the fish. Why, I even heard the beating of Oliver's heart. After I'd killed him. Yes, Simon, of course. I'm not deaf, I tell you. I'm not. I'm not. So, Simon did hear all the things he said he did. Even the beating of the telltale heart. And not with his ears, but with something else deep inside his poor, sick brain. Uh, speaking of telltale hearts... Oh, I'm sorry. It's not a heart at all. It's just Mr. Herlihy's knees knocking together. And if you think you're kidding, Raymond, you're crazy. Oh, I'm not kidding, Ed. And Mr. Carlos' audiences, that's the equivalent of applause. 
since everyone's generally much too scared to show the usual approval with their hands. So we won't take any chances. We'll just use words and say, thanks, Boris Karloff, for your splendid performance of tonight's dramatization of Poe's The Telltale Heart. It was a pleasure, Raymond, to be able to bring our friends one of the world's most famous stories. And I'm very grateful to Everett Sloan as Oliver and Santos Ortiaga, who played Christie, for the help that they gave me. So now, I suggest that you listen to Ed Hurley, who has some helpful advice for which you may be very grateful. This is Raymond again, your host, getting ready to close that door to the inner sanctum and say goodnight until the same time next week. Uh, in the meantime, if you care to do a little bloodthirsty reading, try this month's inner sanctum novel, I'll Eat You Last, by H.C. Brandon. Uh, in case you've already read that, why not try some of the other stories by the author of tonight's mystery drama, Edgar Allan Poe. According to all critics, this writer has quite a future. Oh, good night. Pleasant dreams, huh? Eaters, thank to mysteries. We'll be on the air again next Sunday night, same station, same time, with another chiller for thriller fans. They'll be with us then. This is Ed Hurley, speaking for the makers of Carter's Little Liver Pills and reminding you, when you don't feel good, try Carter's Little Liver Pills, the best friend to your sunny disposition. This is the Blue Network of the National Broadcasting Company. That was the Telltale Heart from Inner Sanctum here on the Mysterious Old Radio Listening Society podcast. Once again, I'm Eric. I'm Tim. And I'm Joshua. We were discussing when doing Monster Month, what is our fifth monster going to be? And Joshua came up with the idea of Edgar Allan Poe's story. Uh, and he kind of hit it on in the beginning, but talk more about how that fits into this structure of our basic cultural monsters on Halloween. Yeah, I think Poe has just become foundational to horror, almost Edgar Allan Poe himself more than his mm-hmm. stories, his image of this wrecked artist yes sort of somehow been corrupted by his own work the other thing we considered were things like invisible man or ghosts or phantoms and honestly black lagoon (laughs) i actually googled to see if there was any creature from the black lagoon radio version that would be awesome yeah well Uh, there isn't no but and and i love edgar (laughs) Allan Poe. and the telltale heart was honestly the first horror anything I consumed as a child, reading this story in elementary school. Yeah, and me too. It affected me a lot, particularly when he dismembers the old man. I remember that being the first body horror reaction I had of, of really feeling kind of a little sick. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh cute. Poe doesn't do himself any favors with that one picture that's always used of him. Yeah, he yeah. looks like <laughs> this was before glamour shots. So really, he looks, looks like terrifying. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I think it's that looks like somebody who drinks too much and owes a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's pretty spot on. Uh, yeah, you're right. That's like, so me. <laughs> Let's start with Inner Sanctum, um, which is a great series. Of course, it's. Is this original Raymond? Yes, this is very early in Inner Yeah, because he's not and too he, weird yet. Yeah. No, he hasn't really embraced how far they're going to take him with his puns. It's it's pretty small. It's pretty yeah. modest. Pretty uh, disappointing. And we, right. And we've <laughs> talked about how Raymond uh, drives me crazy. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan. Uh, I was listening to this, and I was just like gripping my chair going, oh, just get it over with, get it over with. And he didn't. I went, well, that was palatable, Raymond. 
Because so sure. far in the podcast, we've we've only heard I think second Raymond. Yeah, like, who yes. calls himself the host, the host, or yeah, Mr. Host. I, I can't remember the Darren's from Bewitched. But em, em, <laughs> <laughs> by then they've just fully embraced the puns, and that's almost like a third of the episode. It's <laughs> <laughs> cutting back to Raymond. Right. He goes, he has monologues. <laughs> it's, it's like uh-huh. Raymond guest hosting the Tonight Show. Is <laughs> this <episode's> <laughs> <like>. <laughs> When you were looking for Poe for this month, did you find other Telltale Hearts? Well, as I mentioned in the intro, there are tons of them, but I started with Inner Sanctum because of my love of Inner Sanctum, and I just went, nope, we're doing this one. (laughs) Because I do love just how crazy this is. This is an Inner Sanctum style where it's just, let's think how crazy this can be and how many twists can we give the Telltale Heart. I mean, to me, a couple weeks ago, we talked about Frankenstein and how predictable uh that suspense adaptation from a script point of view was mm-hmm. and this is just so as all inner sanctum stories are to me so unpredictable even though it's following the story that every person knows even if they don't know it's edgar Allan poe even if they don't know the title of the story is the telltale heart they all know oh that crazy guy who can hear the heartbeat of the guy he killed yeah the tone is so distinct and so not what Poe wrote, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> which I don't necessarily need to be a criticism. But no, as an adaptation, maybe not such a success, but no. as a story, it's great. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. And I mean, my approach to this kind of adaptation is either you really find the strengths of the story and if you're going to adapt it, you might as well do it. Or if you're going to go your own way with it, really go your own way with it. I uh, agree and, with and, that. And here, 100%. they just took it and ran. Yes. Yeah. As you said in the opening, and th- this isn't a 30-minute story to begin with. So Interesting. Have pairing fun. with talking about Frankenstein, which we were talking about being, how do you fit that much story into half an hour versus right. this? of How do you fill half an hour with that tiny story? I was commissioned years ago to write a, a musical version of Peter and the Wolf. Uh, it needed to be an hour long. And realized quickly into it, uh, this is a four-minute story. <laughs> I had to add talking bears and all sorts of things to make that work. <laughs> Here are two things that stuck out for me. First of all, I can watch Boris Karloff, but I realize listening to him is difficult because I just keep hearing the narrator from The Grinch. Yep. Mm. And takes me out of it sometimes. I didn't have the problem. Yes. But yeah, it has so distinctly that sound. I love his voice. And I love the contrast yes. of his voice to his appearance. And I've listened to a lot of old radio with Boris Karloff, so I don't have the same association. I'm more likely to watch The Grinch at Christmas time and go, oh, this reminds me of Inner Sanctum. <laughs> <laughs> I had some trepidation going into this. You know, everybody's got their issues, <laughs> right, in their things. And we've talked in the past, like, vampires don't scare Joshua, they scare me, and things of that nature. I have an issue with heartbeats. I can't listen to them. Ooh. Even a drum going boom, boom. Even me doing that right now, I don't like it. It makes my skin crawl. I can't listen to a heartbeat like in a stethoscope. Okay. I can't all- take my own pulse because that throbbing, gah, I can't do it. So moving into this episode, I was fearful that I was going to have to come out of my skin listening to a heartbeat constantly throughout this thing. Luckily, it was short and I got through it. But God, I hate listening to heartbeats and it's it's subtle i kind of like it's it's underneath a lot of other sounds uh you were talking about that final scene where well when he kills him he listens to his heartbeat it slows slowly down. die that was hard for me okay I, I walked in a circle 
until oh, it was wow. done. Yeah, I can't wow. stand it. It's you know nails how you on a chalkboard. Yeah, you said everyone has issues. <laughs> Not mm, that's a little weirder. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid of what gives us all life. <laughs> I just don't know why. I can't like. I hate the, the sound of cardboard being cut. Same thing. There you go. Not really the same thing. (laughs) Anyway, when I read this uh, first time in my youth, it was hard for me because I could hear the heartbeat in my head. Doing it to yourself, yes. Yes. So uh, all that being said, uh, I was happy that it was not as uh, prominent as I was fearful it was going to be. And therefore, I was able to sit back and listen to a lot of this and be very entertained. I love the idea of giving him the super hearing. And there is a mention of that in the original post story because the guy thinks he can hear things that maybe he can't. But in the post story, he is so clearly an unreliable narrator. Mm-hmm. And Inner Sanctum does such crazy stuff when this starts and he has super hearing and he meets a friend who has super eyesight. And obviously, again, as much as this changes things from the original story, the the guy with super eyesight is clearly a connection to the old man with the vulture eye from the story that yeah. uh, the narrator hates so much for unknown reasons. Um, I just found that really compelling. And some yeah. of the writing around there, when uh, Boris Karloff is, is describing, you can hear the grass growing, the sap rising in the trees, the stars moving in their courses. Mm-hmm. It's melodrama it's overblown but it's really nice uh and especially to hear mm-hmm. boris karloff say it because <laughs> everything Correct. sounds better when boris karloff says it yes especially when his heart grew three times that day <laughs> <laughs> i love the idea when it's revealed that he's deaf mm-hmm. i really enjoyed that i thought that was fantastic uh forgive me that has nothing to do with the original right there's no no, no. so that, that's that I think classic a, inner sanctum yeah. twist and that I they think need to have. A fantastic moment. I also love, in retrospect, imagining then that this deaf man and what I assume was a blind man mm-hmm. were having conversations about all the things they could see and hear. Yeah, and they couldn't. Yes. Yeah. And it worked because the deaf man could read the lips of the blind man. And it, it, so. Yeah. Did you, did you go back and listen to see if. Like Sixth Sense, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right, oh, any, I see it now. Tells I did, and they did a really nice job mm-hmm. of. Oh yes, now I can see how they were able to communicate and do all these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it, it's radio, so you you can't go back and see. Oh, were they looking at each other Correct. when they spoke and things like that? But yeah, I mean, there's some weird stuff. You know, you get released from a psych ward. We don't think it's a psych ward; it's a doctor's office, is what we think at the beginning. And it's like I'm going to just go live in this abandoned mill. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's a couple of little notes in here that because the story is so broad and farcical, not farcical, but kind of farcical. Yeah. Um, the policeman who comes to comes to visit, the whole thing just is entertaining to me of one, like, why are you stopping by? I don't know. Why are you living in this mill? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but they do explain it retroactively that he was sent there by the doctor to go, like, yes. hey, you better go bring this guy back. He's crazy. So he was and he, he was being gentle with him used the cunning police plan of show up and sit on the couch and smoke until somebody <laughs> confesses to you. <laughs> like, ah, well, thanks for letting me in. Make myself comfortable and just uh, wait. It's also my parenting technique. It works. <laughs> just sit and smoke. <laughs> you got something to say to me, kid? <laughs> <sighs> I wish. <laughs> But it creates a nice scene, and I think that's what they were thinking of for this mill is at the end, like the water or whatever. Yeah, so you get all these sounds trying to overwhelm the heartbeat at the end. Yes. And I don't know if... Which I enjoyed them trying to... Technical element, but it did seem like they altered 
the sound of everything at the end there to make it a little more surreal, some sort of old-timey filter thing. Yeah, maybe it's just the quality of the recording. It's hard to tell sometimes. But yeah, it did all seem distant and far away. And it was an interesting idea that somehow the loss of hearing made him good and the loss of sight made him hate. That was weird. Um, But again, (laughs) and I'm trying to think if there's a connection there in some sort of... He only loses sight for a couple years and got it back. Wasn't that what they said? Well, that's what he said. Right. That's also what... The narrator said about yeah. his hearing. I mean, I think it's that thing about Inner Sanctum where it's such a heightened style and it mm-hmm. just leaves the gate at that heightened style. So you kind of go along with it. It starts from Raymond being over the top with puns and it just keeps going all the way through. And so you're either kind of on board the train or you're like, whoa, wait, I got on the wrong train. Right? <laughs> right. Absolutely. I, I fought it on the fact that he wasn't actually dead. That's where they had to take Like, no. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> he has to be dead. <laughs> Gotta be dead. Um, yeah, why do you think they did that? It, it was an odd choice. It jumped out to me, too, that it was just unconscious under the floorboards. <laughs> <laughs> just given, he was given even more reason to hate everybody. <laughs> I mean, I think they were trying to put on this Simon character. I mean, putting Simon the right night, but the, the one who lost his hearing and knew love, that he wouldn't actually kill someone, even if he was trying to, that... He was the good person. I think you're right. It's subconsciously, he couldn't smother him all the way. Well, any other thoughts or notes before we go to our vote? The liver pills. Awesome commercial. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that those uh, would not be approved by the uh, FDA at this point. No. I can't remember exactly what they were and what they were supposed to I think to they're basically laxatives. I think they're basically just, you were cranky because you haven't had a bowel movement. Yeah. Works for my dog. <laughs> he, sa- he says <laughs> Works he, for me. He what mentions, are you talking about? <laughs> he mentions being regular, and you know, I could be wrong. Now we're going to have all these Carter's are little liver pills fans. Going, well, actually, uh, you know, but I, I think that was a lot of what it was. Well, I looked it's it up just... and ended up on the Carter's little liver pill podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that was an hour I'll never get back. <laughs> the things I heard. <laughs> I, I, love, I just love a, the idea of a podcast designed to listen to while you're on the toilet. <laughs> Come on, you can do it. <laughs> Come on. Mm, running careful. water. Uh, I did love the promotion uh, at the top for Arsenic and Old Lace. Uh, that's one of my favorite movies of all time. So it was really fun to hear that he's doing this to promote that movie, yeah. which they don't know at this point is brilliant uh god and he is so good in that movie yeah that movie is so so fantastic all right well let's vote uh i loved it i think it's a great adaptation i love what they did with it i had very few i don't can't think of any moments that i had that i was like no i think it was a lot of fun and i like the twist and yeah good job yay (laughs) i agree I, i i would not call it a classic but i think it holds up the test of time it's a lot of fun to listen to. Yes, it stands the test of time. I think it only comes down to whether you are going to ask, accept this very over-the-top style of storytelling that Inner Sanctum mm-hmm. does. I think they're really good at it in inviting the listener in and closing the door behind you. And, and if you can get into that, then I think you'll really like it. Right on. Well, thank you for listening, everybody, as we continue our October Monster Month. Uh, this is the year 2017. 
as we discussed a few weeks ago. <laughs> what if people are listening to this in 2073? Uh, <laughs> next week, we, uh, we're going to continue Monster Month, but before then... Please go visit ghoulishdelights.com. Uh, if you go to ghoulishdelights.com, you can find other episodes of this podcast. You can also find information about our live shows. It is October 2017. We're going to be performing a live version <laughs> of Dracula, the Mercury Theater version of it, at the James J. Hill Center in St. Paul. So if you are in October 2017 <laughs> near St. Paul, please come see that show. Hey, um, in any time of the year, I don't care if it is the far-flung future, you can still write an iTunes review. I'm going to bet you still can. A deal? Yeah, I'm sure it will be. In the year 2525? <laughs> if it's not... You're laughing hysterically. <laughs> they said <Yeah>. iTunes. <laughs> Either way, it's a win for us. So, yeah, write a review. And if you really want to freak out, Eric, just type out a heartbeat. So we are going to wrap up Monster Month next week. And we're going to be uh, finishing up our classic monsters with Dracula. And we are doing on the podcast, the Mercury Theater on the Air version of an adaptation by Orson Welles of Dracula, which, as Tim just mentioned, we are also going to be performing it live at the James Hill Center. So kind this of a is crazy. It's like Russian dolls. <laughs> <laughs> so, until then... Look out! That noise. Hear it? Your heart beating, pounding. Stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it!